going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Vile Files. Bachelor, bachelor, like follow up debrief. I don't know. We're just we're gonna keep going. So yeah, now we're we're just gonna keep going on the Tuesdays. We're gonna lots lots to debrief uh, on the fallout of that crazy finale. We'll also probably in the future. We were gonna try to get Serene on as well to to call in or come in and join us. She was she's flying at the moment, so look for maybe Serene in the future. Uh, Shanae, I I think we should we need to have Shanae on. I think we need to give her the platform. A lot of people have been thinking I've been defending her. Of course, they don't want to quite listen when I say, "Hey, listen, we don't really know. She uh, deserves some criticism, but." I don't know. Is there more to the story? I don't know. But I would be curious in, in having a chat with, with Shanae. So we'll be doing a lot of stuff in this offseason. It's our first Bachelor offseason in some time. And quite frankly... Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Exhausted? Yeah. It's like, I feel like we got to have the anticipation, like the build. We've just been like back to back to back. I mean, there was a lot of stress and anxiety as a viewer surrounding this season. So to have a little break would be nice. It's nice. And if you can't recognize the voice of my guest, the wonderful <laughs> Kathy Kelly is Hello. back with I'm us. Uh, so nice to be with you, Kathy. You are... Uh, well-loved by our audience and your takes on Aww. all things Bachelor Nation. Uh, I just got back from Vegas, so my one brain cell functioning Great. is going to try to break we'll down focus what happened. That one, all, I think we only need one brain cell when we talk about The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah. That'll be fine. A couple housekeeping things. Uh, I, I uh, launched, a, well, I released the cover of my new book. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. It's, it's called huge. Don't Text Your Ex Happy Birthday. And other future Amazon bestseller. I hope so. <laughs> uh, it it took. A, I actually wrote it. Like I wrote it. Um, it took two years. Amanda, how is it? Have you? It's genuinely very good. And like I say, genuinely because I am privy to a lot of Nick's advice, being in the studio a lot of the time. And there was still stuff in there that I was like, "Damn, okay." You made me. I was. I was talking about a little situation, and he made me read it. He was like, "Maybe check out this section." Yeah. Of it. And then I read it, and I was like... And then she screenshot it. Is it just a lot of relatable advice? Yeah, it's a, a lot of... It, yeah, it's, a, it's if you followed questions with Nick okay. on my Instagram or ask Nick on the podcast. Yeah, it's a lot of advice with anecdotal stories from people from our show, yeah. our questions, or my friends' anecdotes, a few anecdotes about my dating life, and yeah. try to... It, it's a fun, easy read. Okay. Yeah, it's like, I feel like it's also, there's a lot of insight behind like why you should do it. It's not just like, do this, don't do that. It's like, here's an practical advice. Yeah. It's, and like yeah. kind of breaking it down. M meant to be funny and fun and easy. And it's, I, f I feel like if anyone who's struggling with uh, any type of their own personal relationship or have a friend who's like, you know, just having a hard time getting out of their own way or struggling, I think there's a couple tidbits. It's, it's a, it's like a, Dating for dummies. But I have funny a lot of fun. people that I recommend relationship books to. So, like, maybe you should read this instead of venting I, for three hours. I honestly, about the guy that we talked about two years ago. I definitely had like uh, what, what imposter syndrome. I was like, ah. and then I when I wrote it, and then when you write it. Like for me, because I'm not like a writer, I wrote it in segments. But that's that's also very impressive. Most people go with ghostwriters these days. It took a while. Yeah, I had a team of editors but letting me know years, where commas honestly, go. <laughs> <laughs> two years in the scope of things is not that long. There are people that take decades to write a book or never do it and just hope to do it one day. So it was it was a process. You did it. It was a process. And, then, <laughs> and after like putting it together and then like reading it, because you kind of like put it together like a puzzle. At least yeah. I did. I don't know. I was like, this is it. Like, this Are you good. happy with it? Yeah, I think I think good. it's good. Because at first I was like, I'm gonna write this book and not tell anyone because I don't know if it's good. That's be the any vulnerability good. behind it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. Uh, anyways, I uh, can't thank you guys enough for supporting this show. Obviously, I know this is the uh, bachelor portion of this podcast, but if any of you, obviously, um, many of you, I don't know if all of you listen to our Ask Nick episodes. Uh, definitely, this book is is right up your alley and. Uh, and if you, if you hate me, if you if you hate listening to this show, you can hate listen and read the book, and uh, it'll be it'll be great. Uh, there will be a link to pre pre orders are will, will be in the uh, show description. Can't thank you guys enough. If you want to pre order it, I, I would appreciate it. Also, like a limited supply, I think at first, 
And from what I understand, like the amount available, uh, I says, I, I, we'll see if we hit that mark. Anyways, I, I'll You want the first edition copy, though, if you're going to get you, it. Is you that know? what you want? Yeah. Okay, yeah, get the first edition <laughs> copy. It'll be a collectible one day. You never know. I will say this. I, is the first editions, uh, I believe, are half of our ethnic audience. So get it oh. while you can. Get it while you can. It just speaks to the size of our ethnic audience, but... We'll billions. See. We'll, see. we'll see. Billions. Billions. <laughs> All right. Uh, tomorrow on Going Deeper, the hysterical, wonderful Chris Olson is with us to talk about uh, re- his relationship, his public breakup. You know, we have to get into Kanye and uh, Pete and Kim at all. Some other news and bands, pop culture stuff. <laughs> uh, a lot to cover. I believe Shane from Love Is Blind will finally be with us next Wednesday on Going Deeper. So look out for that. Uh, it's possible. It might not happen next week. We will see. Anyways, let's finally get into uh, some Bachelor talk, Kathy. We didn't have the pleasure of talking to you about the finale. A lot has happened since that has gone down. But what was your your reactions? And more importantly, how are you feeling now? Because I feel like as as things decompress, obviously you're watching it. You're kind of like, what the fuck? Yeah. And you have these hot takes and inter, inter, uh, instant reactions. But you know, we had the pleasure of talking to Susie, and we'll get into that a little bit. But what are what are your thoughts and feelings after uh, of the whole season in general, <laughs> and then the finale? It was a hot mess, obviously. Um, I think everyone can agree on that. Women Tell All, also a hot mess. <laughs> um, but just, I mean, overall from the season, I'm not as mad about it as other people are. People are really, I feel like, mad at Clayton and now mad at Susie. And I don't understand. I mean, like, I do to an extent of it feels like she had this um, you know, boss moment of walking away and choosing herself. And then she went back to him, but you have to understand. I mean, like what we don't see is the, what, four months where they, they had to have really tough conversations and work things out. And she made that choice. Um, so I'm not as mad about it. I think that he actually showed more growth in that four months than, um, maybe a pilot Pete did in the time that, you know, from his season finale to um, the after the final rose. That's a good point. I mean, the mess that was Pete's season honestly just kind of got started after AFR. I mean, after AFR was... (laughs) We don't have a a mom to blame in this situation. (laughs) Not only that, but but like, yeah, so he broke up with Hannah and essentially, well, they aired the breakup at, at AFR. And there was so much drama that like Hannah Ann quickly became as it relates to Peter's mm-hmm. relationship and afterthought. We love Hannah Ann. But yeah. as as far as Peter's season, I think people forget <laughs> people, they got engaged. Yeah. People were expecting um Clayton to end up with a similar type like Kelly situation where it was someone that got eliminated yeah, like middle of the or season. Like that doctor <laughs> who like tried to date him at uh, the women tell all. But you make a good point because then he got in, you know, the Kelly and all those things. Yeah. And I don't. You, did you get a chance to listen to my interview with Susie? I heard clips of it. Okay. Yeah. I, I I don't think, and I said this on an Instagram post. I don't think I've ever been more impressed with a guest. She is the best publicist that Clayton could ever have. <laughs> Truly, <laughs> she is so good. And, and from my point of view, it's just like Susie literally came from AFR mm-hmm. to the studio. It was late. It was at night. We didn't know what to expect. I didn't know much about Susie at all mm. other than what we watched on the show. And a lot of alumni, we, we get to interview a lot of Bachelor alumni, and they're great, and a lot of the leads. And I have a great time talking to them all. But, but sometimes, and I get why, like sometimes they come in very hesitant, mm-hmm. guarded. You know, like they don't know what to expect from me. I think some of them kind of have this like, oh... Big bad Nick kind of uh, <laughs> some not all uh, some of them are excited but either way they seem they're all they're all very kind of guarded and reserved and you know and I get it they want to be careful because you know you have producers really don't say this or don't say that and Susie came on this show like after what must have been an incredibly difficult time mm-hmm. she's uh, very self aware she came on fully knowing uh, AFR that the the criticism that she would get. And she kind of just walked in with a ray of sunshine, very welcoming, and sat on here, and I sat on this couch. 
And we all we asked her some tough questions yeah. too, like and and she just shine. I really shined, and I was I was really impressed. She also was just so like authentic because I think sometimes you have people saying kind of like the correct PR things, but not only was she saying things that I think really explained her situation and made people I think second guess like how much they wanted to like shit on their relationship. Yeah, but she did it in a way where it felt so authentically her and genuine, and it was just like amazing. People go to years of media training for that stuff. <laughs> Truly. I mean, it was— Run the media training. <laughs> like, the Kardashians have gone to media training and still aren't that, like, cool, so— It's it really impressive. And then since then, like, have you been—like, their socials, it, it's, it's very likable. I think that that was the low point in their, you know, <laughs> their polls dipped a little bit, and now they're going to shoot back up. Like, yeah. people will see them together, and two years from now, when they're still together and get engaged, people will be like, oh, we were wrong. Like, it all worked out. After, honestly, I think if if both Gabby and Rachel find a happy ending on their season, there will be more um, support for Clayton and Susie as well. Sure. I mean, look at Ari and, and Lauren. I mean, mm -hmm. they have a nice little fan base and following the very successful relationship. Yeah. And— you can tell just in the past week. I mean, sure, you could you could accuse it of being like performative. Of course, they're going to post like lovey dovey content, but they seem like they're genuinely happy, and they have no reason to be together other than they like each other. Yeah, because Susie Susie has no reason to be with Clayton other than they like each other. You could say, oh, maybe Clayton's just like holding on for dear life to trying to uh, make something of this experience, but. Yeah, they, they have no reason to be together other than mm. they like each other. And there's a level of authenticity, authenticity I think, that you see on, on, their, on their Insta. Uh, there was a split second where when they were showing the legs of the girl walking, I thought that it was going to be Shanae. No. That <laughs> I know, been, that I know. But wild. I was like, then, then people would have reason to hate him. Sure. That would be, like, truly unbelievable. I know. That would have been. But they they said it's the you know you'll never expect who it is, and then it's like the the most obvious choice. <laughs> well, I think if you weren't reading any type of spoiler, it would still have been surprising because the way it ended, Susie was like, it kind of didn't make sense for Susie to be back. Totally, she said, "You are not my person." Yeah, <laughs> she said that. <laughs> it's on video. <laughs> yeah, like it, because you know she was very definitive when she mm -hmm. left. Yeah, so. Uh, on that level, I think it was still a—I think we are—a lot of people seem surprised. Coco Floss. Woo! Gotta love some floss. There's a mint variety, strawberry, lots of different options. Uh, and Hot Girls Floss. Hot Girls Floss. I mean, hot People Floss. Hot People Floss, but particularly Hot Girls. <laughs> yeah. Coco Floss was founded by two sisters, a dentist and an artist, on a mission to make flossing fun, motivating— and rewarding for everyone. Cocoa Floss is going a long way to make it enjoyable. Also, you get like a, it's like nice and fancy, it feels like. Yeah, it really is. And also, it's like when you use it, I notice, not to get too graphic, but I notice a lot more on the floss. Typical floss glides over plaque, while Cocoa Floss captures it. Non-toxic and eco-friendly, free of parabens, SLS, and PFAs, and each spool is made from recyclable water bottles. Isn't that cool? I love that. I'll be honest. I'm not the best flosser and reminded, uh, I remind myself, but I enjoy Coco Floss. I carry it around with me more. I get better teeth, uh, fresher teeth, cleaner teeth. And so if it's you or your kids or your friends or like you're having a hard time reminding yourself or people around you, try Coco Floss. Go to cocofloss.me slash V-I-A-L to get 20% off uh, the four spool set and free shipping. That's C-O-C-O-F-L-O-S-S dot M-E slash V-I-A-L-L, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. All orders over $20 ship free in the U.S. ShipStation online shipping has never been easier. So whether you are have a very small business out of your home or a slightly larger small business out of your home, any type of shipping out of your home, you got to be using ShipStation. Get the shipping prices that are enjoyed, but many of the four best, largest Fortune 500 companies. As a small business owner myself, I can tell you that like, your shipping costs are often your most uh, expensive cost, and analytics and data on orders is the backbone of your business. So get great pricing for your business and give great customer service for your customers. 
all through using ShipStation. They make it super and easy. Whether you're managing orders on Amazon or eBay or Etsy, it's super integrated, super easy to use, great information. And best of all, it's it makes it, it cuts down your shipping costs. So there's just no if, if you're doing any type of regular shipping with your business, ShipStation is where it's at. You gotta use it. They work with everything. I, I can't say enough about ShipStation. Use my offer code VIALL to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free, no hassle, stress-free shipping. Go to shipstation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in VIALL. ShipStation, make ship happen. Yeah, I mean, listen, we we watch the show. We we make hot takes on the show. It's edited to elicit strong emotions, and it did that. But yes, I think people need to remember the humanity of it sure yes yeah. i mean that's the, that's the thing as as we we've talked at nauseum of how much clayton fucked up yeah. i've been very hard on clayton especially in the finale but that being said like yes he made a mistake and he recognized that but it is a it is a fucked up world he was a part of yeah and my the show deserves some criticism too they had they they cast a guy who had some growing up to, who's Im- immature and inexperienced, I and, think. When and the of, audience yeah. knew that going into it. Everyone said, we don't want him as The Bachelor. They wanted someone with... Sure, and, and more experience. I think we, we realized just how maybe, you know, immature and inexperienced he was when it comes to relationships and dating and his ability to, like, recognize that... Uh, of how to manage feelings. I yeah. mean, and we can criticize him for that, but the show also definitely took advantage of that and left him hanging. And you can debate whether the show should get more involved or not. And we talked about this the week before. It's just like, do you want the producers to produce or should they like let people just be themselves? Yeah. You can't have it both ways. You hit the nail on the head when you said there was no pushback from Clayton as far as they probably said, okay, you guys have to break up or you have to break up with these two girls. And instead of saying, can I do it separately? Because I respect both of them. He just went in like, okay, well, I guess I have to do that. It just, he kind of, I mean, even from the beginning of the season, he reminded me, reminded me of a lost golden retriever. Like he just wanted to do good, but he like the dog from up, like he had the best intentions, but he just didn't know what to do. He wasn't guided at all. Um, I think I was texting you i i like jesse as a host but at the same time like he should have been more of a mentor in that situation and i feel like he was just asking him questions that that he already knew <laughs> yeah he's I, like man this is a tough situation for you i don't know if that's Je- i don't know if that's jesse or the show okay you know because keep in mind you know when jesse's talking to clayton they could you know, cut a lot of the stuff cut it, yeah. cut it out but you know, with it being his first season, and I got to meet Jesse for the first time in AFR. I mentioned this, like, really charming. Really you have a li- man crush on him? He's very likable. Okay. <laughs> you know, and just a nice, nice guy. But yeah, it's it's kind of like, man, especially this season, you know, Chris Harrison was never the best mentor, you know, okay. as the host. Like, he he wasn't. Yeah. Why he, was that? He Was he a little checked out or? When I first went on the show, I think Chris... My impression was, yeah, it was more like Big Bad Chris Harrison, I'm the host. And he okay. kind of like, I, I think a lot of people were surprised by like just how little they saw Chris. I mean, it's the host of the show. It's, it's like when, you, when you're cast, you're like, yeah. oh, he's not really involved at all. And I think he checked out a little bit, I th- you know, or in like the Andy and Caitlin of it all. And I think he stepped up a little bit towards the end of his being the host of the show and, and, and became more involved and became more interactive with alumni and became like, I became friends with Chris like far after I was ever on the show. Okay. And I, you know, like if you're Chris or Jesse, it's like you got all these people coming. You're not gonna be friends with everyone. Yeah. I, I, I get that. But from a mentor standpoint, Chris wasn't exactly giving Yes, he was not. I being just think a there was a drastic shift from the Tasha Caitlin sure, yeah. hosting style of of being there and being the we've be, we've walked in your shoes before, so let us guide you, let us help you. To the, you know, that was a really tough conversation to watch. The, the, the yeah, only, <laughs> you know. I, I, listen, I agree. I wish like I would they would have a more mental role at the host. Yeah, I think, or even somewhere in the middle where you're you're playing more of a therapist role than just pointing yeah. out the obvious. But when they hired Jesse, it was, to me, obvious that they were actively going against that role. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't understand is you you heard Jesse multiple times, whether 
you know, it was like at Women's Halal or early on. Like, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to, I'm going to help you. Uh, you're not going to be alone in this. Like, he talked about being a mentor to Clayton, mm-hmm. but never really did. And as when all the shit was going down, it it was almost comical just how he would come in and go, that's crazy. <laughs> so I'll let you two talk. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck. You know, it was just like, wow. Like, I mean, because Clayton really could absolutely have used a like a friend who yeah. had been like, hey man, I lot like I don't again, is the show gonna do that? I don't know. Yeah. They don't want to dim down the drama. But that that is the balance of having your mentor is because you're they don't always want you to give get advice yeah. that's going to be the most sound-minded and uh, a void of, of drama. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, as far as Clayton shitting the bed <laughs> with the final three women, um, I do feel like, different from what you said of you feel like he got Susie, so now he's not going to continue his growth, I think the I think opposite... Concern, that was just a concern. That was just a concern. Okay. I well, felt different I was going to say, Susie, you yeah. are most like the five people that you spend the most time with and <clears throat> she seems very emotionally intelligent so hopefully some of that rubs off on him i think that she is going to challenge him to be better in that regard i think yeah. you also saw with his family the way they were like dude like what and yeah. i think like the way they held him accountable it reminds us that he was incredibly isolated in this environment from the people he would usually go to yeah. and like while that it did does show kind of like what he does when he is like kind of by himself and really backed into a corner in that situation, like not to negate his choices. But in real life, usually you do have the benefit of if you surround yourself with good people, then you get to lean on them. How great would it be to always date someone that had parents that kept them accountable? Oh, yeah. (laughs) I think that's the best, like the best dynamics are when like the parents like the the partner of their kid yeah. like when they think the world of them yeah. and like more of them than like not like love them more but you know what I mean mm-hmm. when they're like nope she's right he's right whatever it is yeah yeah but we've we've all been reckless with other people's feelings we've and that's and that's what Clayton is guilty of mm-hmm. is just being reckless with people's feelings and like not nowadays in hookup culture and ghosting like if put it this way if you've been in a dating situation and you've dated someone early on and maybe you've hooked up and you're just like, I don't know if I like them. And maybe you just kind of avoided them or tried to phase them out mm-hmm. or and, – and knowing that you probably could have been a, a little bit warmer and a little bit more outgoing and sat down and had a tough conversation, conversation with them but instead kind of avoided it and hoped yeah. they'd get the hint, then you've – you're guilty of yeah, what Clayton totally. has done in a different atmosphere. And it, that doesn't mean like Clayton shouldn't be held accountable and he has and he is apologetic. But like before we, you know, act like If you like said I the, love you and you realize that's, you know, three months in the relationship and you didn't yeah. actually have those feelings but you thought it in the moment. Yes. Yeah. He can, he can learn and I think I'm optimistic that Clayton will be better for it, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we make these mistakes, the big question is, are you going to ever learn? Are you going to be better for it? Are you going to grow? And it seems like... Dating culture would be better yeah. off, too, if we all learned how to have those conversations. Because that's what's, I mean, so toxic about it now is no one wants to feel uncomfortable, so they're not ending things, or they are... Um, you know, their actions don't align with their words. So yeah, yeah there's kind of and they're hoping other people like get the hint and break yeah. up with themselves so you yeah. don't have to and, and things like that. So um also Clayton seems to like to be choked. That's uh <laughs> have you seen that photo going around? Oh it was you a got bold, it, up. <laughs> it was a bold move. I uh it was one of those things that if you were critical of Clayton and Susie, you were like, oh too soon or cringe or weird. But keep in mind, this Susie and Clayton both posted this video, and this is a photo that's one of many in like a a minute long video. So it was on there for like a split. It was like an Easter egg that, but it wasn't that hard to notice, and so people screenshotted it. Yeah. If it was like Michelle and Nate, everyone would have been like, "Oh shit!" Like you know, I think most people wouldn't have been critical of it. My level of investment in Clayton and Susie is similar to a couple from Paradise that I don't really know that much about. Yeah, the choking part. Do you think that was more of a call to action from the date, or do you think Clayton's really 
into the being choked. BDSM? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously that was not mid-sex. They were not like mid-sex Correct. Susie clo- choking Clayton and then we're like, let's record a TikTok. Like, <laughs> so I think I think we do need to and like take that into account that it was like kind of, I don't know. I think Tongue sometimes when you're being like affectionate with your partner sometimes, especially like if like your partner's like this big dude, you're like, I don't know. So I don't, I, I'm not sure, but I could see Clayton being very open-minded in the bedroom and like kind of being like, I'll try anything once. Have you experienced a lot of men who are into having hands around their necks? I mean, it's not it's not something I've, I've gone for, you know? It's not really something I've really yeah, attempted to. It seems, it seems to be something more in the opposite direction where... Sure, yeah. But I've... But I'm Light sure, choking. I'm sure there are... Yeah, no, yeah, it's not a... Just more of a... It's more of a hand placement really than anything. <laughs> but maybe some guys are into it. Totally. I wonder if... I wonder if... Uh, Clayton is. I don't know. But I think you can see from, like, the media that Clayton and Susie post that they do have this, like, real level of, like, intimacy and affection. Like, all of the footage just is, like, they both seem like they're being themselves. They're being yeah. really goofy. There's, like... Yeah. And you know what's interesting about this? You know what it made me think of is when, when like, when Vanessa and I were engaged, yeah. right? And we didn't have any of this drama. But it was a challenge for us. And... By the time AFR got there, I think we both really doubted if we would make it, but we obviously stayed together because of the pressures of the show. Yeah. And I just keep going back to the fact that they have no reason to be together other than they like each other. Mm -hmm. And they sure look like, and I know it's a compilation video, but like social media was even different back when I was a bachelor and stories and reels and that wasn't really as much of a thing, but... We did not make a ton of lovey-dovey content. That does not look like they're faking it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think most of the time when we were on our happy couple weekends, it was, it was, we, we, we struggled. Yeah. And it was a lot of stressful moments. And it was just like, you know, let's take a picture, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Question, like, so in our mediation segment, like, there's couples come on and, like, talk about some of the little things that they fight about. Like, for, like, one of them was, like, taco night. What was your and Vanessa's first, like, petty little argument that you sort of like really ended up going at each other's throats for. We never had a petty little argument. It was it was oh usually show related and in, you know in fairness to Vanessa like it was it's like a lot of the show stuff. Some people are better than than others at handling the the rumor mill or the gossip and all the things and like many people before her you know, Vanessa, like, read some stuff early on that she was frustrated with and reacted in, in a way that was, you know, uh, I can understand, but in, intense. And mm-hmm. it was, and I probably could have done a better job of, of like, I, I was just trying to... You like, had been through that before. I had been through it, so I think I could have been a better job of just being more of a partner and less of someone who came with the experience of being on the show, if that makes sense. Do you also think that it it changed for you? Because going back to your first season, did you read a lot of the comments? And well, did that I, negatively affect you? You know, I, I had the benefit of being the villain the first yeah. season. And I will say... You probably got more negative you, comments. Well, that's the thing. It's like... There's a level, and I wonder if Clayton and Susie are doing this. And I think they, I, I think, I know Clayton wasn't. I know Clayton, by his own admission, was reading shit. Yeah. And I was like, you got to fucking stop. Yeah. And I do think Susie w- will help him. But when it gets to the point where it's so bad, some of the criticism, that you just like, you do get numb to it. Totally. And so when, when you see a nice comment, it's kind of like, oh. As opposed to when you're used to getting praise and praise and praise oh. and praise and praise, and you're just like, I'm the greatest, and then you see the one negative, it will ruin you. Blenders, yeah. Oh, hey, summer is around the corner. It's the it's spring. Spring just started, and protect those eyes and get it with a great pair of blenders. Blenders eyewear. That's right. They're making some of the coolest glasses. And the best part about blenders is they're super affordable. They know you might lose a pair of glasses. I know I've lost my fair share of glasses. And and blenders looks like super high-end uh, glasses without paying high-end prices. 
Blender's team and in-house designers are constantly coming out with new styles from orange polarized wraparounds, tortoise shell frames, that's what I have, with purple lenses to classic gold arms and black lenses. And it's not just sunglasses. Blenders has protective glasses, prescription glasses, readers, and blue light glasses, as well as snow collections. They got your fashion frames, people. If you want to, you know, get some uh, fashion frames. Live life in forward motion with Blenders today. Score 15% off your Blenders purchase. Visit BlendersEyewear.com and enter promo code V-I-A-L-L-V-I-P. That is V-I-A-L-L-V-I-P. BlendersEyewear.com code V-I-A-L-L-V-I-P for 15% off. Blenders rock with pride worldwide. At the beginning of my WWE career, I was reading a lot of the comments. And I think when you're when you're very new to it, it does affect you more. Once you get, I feel like after, you know, a year or two or whatever, sure. you get numb to it. Or you realize that if you believe the good, you also have to believe the bad. That's, so you well, don't believe any of it. You yeah. just have to be um, grounded in yourself. And... This environment is people that are shot into fame and and have never experienced um, positive comments from people that don't know them or negative comments from both, you yeah. know? Yeah, and so uh, it was just kind of, it was tough for us. And then, you know, Vanessa wasn't a friends with the, a ton of the more popular women on the show and that was stressful for her and so there were just a lot of things that we we dealt with and then our relationship of just kind of commu- communication style and and things like that we we just struggled and so i look at, at and we weren't surrounded by any of that drama really um and so i look at clayton and Susie, and i th- feel like they're gonna be together for a while i mean you know who knows what's gonna happen you know, but I think they have as a good of shot as as anyone. Right, and they seem to be dealing. This is probably the worst it's ever, the most criticism they're ever going to get, and they seem to be navigating it the best they can. I thought one thing that was interesting was when Clayton was asked if he should have said sorry more or apologized for his actions. He said, as someone who works in sales, he would learned that saying sorry more than once makes it less valid. So he will apologize once and then try to say sorry via actions for the rest. I'm curious what your guys' take on that is. I would say if there is only one apology, you have to make it more specific as opposed to some of his apologies or at least what we saw were, I'm sorry you felt that way or... I'm sorry I did that, as opposed to, I'm sorry I did that, I realize it was wrong because X, Y, and Z. Your feelings are valid, and, uh, you know, I was wrong in this situation. Yeah, I mean, I think Kathy nailed it. I do understand what Clayton is saying, but, like, that, him saying that just, to me, it shows a little bit of, I guess, youth, you know, in the sense that, there's always these nuances, right? There, it, that's a good rule. That is true. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like in sales, you also learn things like don't say things like, can I be honest? Because it implies that you're normally not, mm-hmm. right? So those are little things that you, you say to someone or, or you don't say in sales and you learn tips and tricks. But like you, you have to be able to like take these things you learn and apply it to life with some nuance, yeah. right? And I think, yes, Clayton... I don't know if he still fully recognizes it from uh, understanding the situation of what he was involved in. I think he knows, I think he is genuinely sorry, but I do agree with him in the sense that, like, what does he have to do? Apologize to every person who, in Bachelor Nation that was mad at him? Like, Rachel and Gabby are yeah. thrilled. Yeah. And if it weren't for that situation, that situation yeah. and how terribly Clayton handled it, both of them wouldn't be a Bachelorette. Now, if you wanted to do a coin flip, if 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 you were, to, I'm curious if like for all the, oh, can you find? I heard something that Gabby and Rachel don't follow each other on Instagram. Can you take a look on that? Oh, but for all the for, I'm sure if you ask them, Gabby and Rachel, but this is amazing. Whatever, I'm sure they would have rather solo seasons, right? Yeah, behind clothes. Who wouldn't? I would say, who wouldn't want their own season? Now, um, but but if you put them in a room and said. It's like it's like when Bachelor Pad used to be, do you want to split the pot or mm-hmm. do you want to take the chance of getting yeah. it all? So if you put Rachel and Gabby in a room saying you can both be the Bachelorette, guaranteed. Yeah. Or if one of you wants to do your own, 
and the other person, if you both say you want to do it on your own, neither of you are the bachelorette. Yeah. And what would they have done? Would they have said, let's just share it? Or would they have taken the chance? You know? Well, I mean, clearly the producers filmed promos with both of them. They were they both knew they were up for it because the the stuff was on Twitter. Like the stuff was on social media. Um, I think even on the finale there was pictures of them with like roses and whatever. Sure. Yeah. Um so, so the they both knew that yeah. there was a chance of it happening. And then prior to after the final rose, the producers must have said, Well, you didn't get it. So that there would be that shock value when Jesse announced that both of them were the bachelorette. So they were happy they were just like happy that they got anything. Totally. I but I'm just wondering but I guess what I was saying, like, you wouldn't have two bachelorettes if it weren't for the mess that was clay. Yeah. You would have only <laughs> one of them. I was also going to say, I wonder if that is uh, specifically male mentality to only apologize once because women are taught to apologize for everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it comes across as a bit, it, it kind of just shows. I wonder like, where he learned that. He probably is some sales manager. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying, like, that. That sentence that he says in the manner in which he says it is still that kind of, it's still, you still see the Clayton that fucked up mm. in that sentence, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, right? does he understand what he did? Because it's not, it's not an incorrect sentence. And I understand his logic, but like the way he answered it. And I didn't, I didn't, you know, I'm just, we're just reading like a clip. Yeah, that's like a summary. But like, I definitely think they need to move on. Yeah. And I definitely think he can't keep apologizing he, and he has to live his life. He needs to figure out better words for what he wants to convey because, I mean, similarly to I love Susie the most, he could have said, I envision my life with Su like I envision that lifestyle the most as opposed yeah. to she is a superior woman. Yeah, because like a better way of answering that question would would say, listen, it's been a lot and I've done a lot of soul searching and reflection and I have apologized. I am sorry. I don't necessarily think it's all that beneficial for me to keep apologizing to anyone who wants me to apologize, but I can assure you that this is something I will continue to reflect on myself, that I continue to grow and just, you know, get better at just empathizing with everyone around me and people I interact with. So like, well, I don't think I need to keep apologizing. It will be something that I continue to reflect on. Like yes, that would have been a yes. better yeah. answer to show the things that you kind of talked about as opposed to like, listen, my sales manager told me I should only apologize once. Exactly. So like, Let's all move on, everyone. Mm -hmm. It comes across as a little cold. Yeah, sure. I Yeah, I also think Clayton's big thing, like I think a big reason that he ended up in that situation is that he focuses so much on what's right there in front of him as opposed to the larger context. And so I think like kind of what Susie said, I was really struck by her comment on the podcast when she said, Clayton mentioned very early on in the journey with her, like, you know, I think being a good person, it's all going to work out okay. And then I think we've seen him <laughs> realize that that is not the case. That, that's not always true because sometimes to be a good person, quote unquote, to someone in the moment, you're not acknowledging that you're doing that to three other people and that that has ramifications. Also, yeah, some of the most liked people in the entertainment industry are actually horrible people that are master manipulators and, and narcissists and just know what is going to track the best. 100, um, 100%. I would include that as far as Bachelor Nation. I didn't want to go that far, but yes. <laughs> I, I still think the edit protects people more than it hurts people. And some of the more, not all, because I'm, I'm friends with a lot of the fan favorites. I think some of the fan favorites are don't have the highest character mm -hmm. uh, than some of the people who have been controversial and who stepped in it or said something and fucked up. But like off camera and in life, they're just normal, nice, genuine people who are honestly interesting and, like, a little sloppy but cool. Yeah. And I think that's, yes, 100%. That's not, like, I mean, just because you're, like, an unproblematic, like, person on the show does not mean you're of high character or kind. I would say that's relatable for me if I feel like on the scale I lean 
towards good person, but I didn't have the modeled behavior of how to communicate through things until I had to teach myself in the last few years. Like I didn't have that growing up. And I feel like there are people, um, I mean, I've noticed it very much in like the church world of like pastors, kids are, they have the modeled behavior of how to communicate and how to get what they want. And don't necessarily have the highest values all of the time. Then that's that's a huge generalization, but it can be very much true. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Can we talk about is that Susie's dog or Clayton's dog? Have you seen a picture of this dog on the Instagram? I I just if you're watching this, uh, look at this dog. He oh, looks he looks very. He looks like concerned. a naked mole rat dog. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if he. It's just a wild picture of a. I've never like it looks like one of those you know the wrinkled cats that are hairless it looks like that in dog vo- version <laughs> it's, 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 it's such a bizarre photo like there's something because <laughs> it's like dogs lovable so lovable and this dog is lovable but there's something very very haunting about this photo 100% he looks he kind of looks like um Shane from Love is Blind if Shane were a dog. <laughs> yes, we'll, we'll have to show Shane that photo and ask him <laughs> if, if he relates. Um, Before he got abs. But it is telling, you know, they're in Virginia. They're, Clayton's meeting the dog. That's a big deal. And so I think it's very, like, they're really taking the steps forward and making it happen in terms of a real-world relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would also say that um, the biggest lesson from this season, at least my takeaway of, I know that everyone was unhappy with the ending and whatever, but to verbalize the boundaries that you have with your partner early on. Um, and I know that Susie regrets not doing that earlier on. Um, the other women as well of not being necessarily clear with what they would accept as far as behavior of saying, oh, explore other relationships, but not defining what that meant. Because you assume that the other person is on the same page when you say something like that, as opposed to, you know, I'm fine with you making out with someone, I'm fine with you being shirtless with someone, but I'm not okay with penetration or whatever that is. Um, to to set define that with whoever you're dating early on so that you don't run into issues down the line that you're not okay with. Yeah, and it'll be interesting going forward. I mean, every season is kind of an evolution of the ones before. They can kind of reset. They don't always have to be the same. But because, and this isn't the first time, you know, you had the Maddie Pruitt and Peter and talking about sex before the fantasy suite, especially with someone who, you know, has more, you know, boundaries and expectations around that topic. But... Are you going to eventually see a lead? Because, like, here's the opportunity, right? Because whether the producers uh, offer this, like, suggestion or, you know, someone like Gabby, I could see doing it. Um, Maybe she takes the advice of, you know, people who have said, like, you know, we talked about it. I'm sure I'm not the only one who's mentioned it. But if you consider the position of power that you're in as a lead, and it's not just The Bachelor, but The Bachelorette as well, it's... It's if it's anyone's job to set ex- up for an expectations given that position, it's the lead, right? Yeah. So, like, will someone like Gabby, having gone through this with Clayton before hometowns, have some sort of conversation that brings up sex earlier around, like, you know, one of her fan favorites who maybe is a little bit more conservative or just says it to her, her, you know, two or three front runners and saying, like, what are your expectations of me? Like, what? And get into those conversations earlier on. I don't know. The the show loves to like go to the certain beats of when they talk about certain things. But they need it at the show, I keep saying, needs to like evolve a little bit more and stop relying so much on this very like structured like beats and playbook. And I'm really curious if they start having more of these conversations around sex and dating before the fantasy suite just to elicit the most yeah. amount of drama. Will they give the opportunity to be the one who brings something that up and will it change the show going forward or will they just kind of go back to more traditional bachelor seasons? I would also love a breakdown of not just, I know that the bachelorettes are typically more successful in choosing a long-term partner than the bachelors have been, Um, but the breakdown of uh, whether the lead was made the final three or two versus only made it halfway through a season or did not have um, 
You mean in terms of like how they perform on the show? Uh, no, uh, how their relationship lasts post-show. Well, I mean, The Bachelor has such a terrible track record. I mean, I think Sean Lowe is still the only Bachelor to still be with the person they proposed to on the show. Yeah. You have Jason Mesnick, you have Ari, and you have Clayton now in relationships with people they met on the show. But uh, Matt James as well. Matt James, right? Yeah. So now you have Matt James. So like you're... And Michelle and Nate. And actually... Well, and... but Michelle. No, she's the Bachelorette though. Yeah, she, right, that's right. what she said. So Matt James actually is... He didn't get engaged, but he's still with his with, yeah. final pick. So there is that. But there is, you know, there, even with that story, there was, you know, they got back mm-hmm. together. And so there was some drama around that. Uh, but I, I don't think that me personally, that has that much of an impact at all. You know, I, I, I think it would have helped Clayton be a little bit more empathetic, yeah. but I don't, I think it's... I mean, maybe maybe I'm thinking of the more recent seasons of people that didn't make it to the final three. Of We saw Hannah Brown did not end up with her final pick, Katie Thurston. Yeah, I, I, I guess I don't, I don't think, just gut reaction, that's why. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think it... Makes you that much more prepared. Okay. But you know, like, because the success of the, these relationships or the lack thereof, I think, has everything to do with compati- the compatibility, the their ability to get over the the drama and the stress that the show brings, and and whether you were a more experienced bachelor contestant or not, I don't think makes a bit of difference in two people's ability to communicate and get through. Uh, stress or their compatibility because at the end of the day i do think generally you're still going with your gut reaction looks are a big part of it yeah you still know very you're you're going with that chemistry i think you saw and after getting to know Susie, like i can see like she's very charming that after learning more about Susie and watching the show to me and getting to know clayton a little bit I I feel like Susie was always his favorite, mm-hmm. and he might not have thought that he Susie would like him, and you saw the and you saw the bell tower scene and things like that, and I think his confidence grew and grew, and it felt like you pull Susie pulled the sh- you know the rug out of Clayton, and that's why you saw him turn and get so anger yeah. angry again, not to justify it, but to help understand it, and I think Susie was always his like. I can't believe this girl likes me type of thing where I think he felt a little bit, Rachel was more, he, like the the better connection, but that's what we saw because I think Clayton was chasing Susie more. Which is ironic because I thought Susie said she didn't think that she was going to be the final one. Sure. but And and usually I feel like, like you said with Vanessa, she knew, or you at least, like, like with most leads, you know which one is the favorite. That's true, I mean, but maybe Clayton is someone who, you know, that's just my read, but maybe he he clearly was more open to building these strong connections with mm-hmm. multiple people, yeah. where I honestly was more like, once I lock in, lock in I, I want to separate that relationship yeah. for this, for, in the hopes that it will have a chance outside of the show, and mine and Vanessa's lack of making it work was our lack of compatibility. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't matter what I did, mm-hmm. you know, and that's not to blame either of us. It was just our, we weren't compatible yeah. at all, you know, and we, we had great chemistry and that chemistry was brought out while filming the bachelor, but our ability to make a relationship work was almost non-existent. Yeah. So should we get to the host quickly before we end? Yeah. Which is just that Jesse Palmer is going to host the upcoming season of The Bachelorettes. I feel like we saw that coming. <laughs> um, yeah. Once, like I said before, once Jesse was uh, the one who was asking people if you would like to date their next bachelor or bachelorette, it was all, you know what I'm saying? That it was, they knew. I as soon knew as they when hired he was Jess. announced that he was going to be the host yeah. for a while. And I think when they, when they announced Jesse, I think they, you know, I think with a combination of the all the Chris Harrison stuff was already it was messy still. The the Chris Harrison stuff had had already taken effect when they used Jesse for that surfing show. 
So I kind of figured that the Bachelor producers were grooming him to be the next host of The Bachelor. It was less of the Bachelor producers and more ABC, ABC. Okay. and Mike Fleiss. I can see that. Yeah, is my understanding, but it was like a soft rollout for Jesse. Yeah. They didn't make it's, a big announcement. It's like someone soft launching their boyfriend. They're like, yeah. we're just going to show you his hand with a coffee cup. Yeah, that's like they were just like, <laughs> Jesse's our bachelor host. And with they, they were very vague, and I think that it really played well because it's you know, people didn't make a big deal about it. And then Jesse became the host. And you're like, here's this, like, good-looking, nice guy. He fits the part. It it makes sense to me. You know, we've already covered the, the lack of mentor, but whatever. But I think that was always going to be their plan. And, like, they didn't need to announce him being the bachelorette host because let's just get Jesse in there. Let's get people used to him. Yeah. Why make a scene about we're not going to bring Tasha and, and, and Caitlin back, fan favorites, you know? And Have- so... I was going to say, have they started filming yet for The Bachelorette? I believe they start like in a week. Okay. Because they haven't announced the, they haven't shown like the pictures on. The cast. Yeah, the cast yet. I was wondering too if they're like, like you said, they're scrambling to figure out how this season is going to work. So do they need to add more men? I have a, I have, I've heard some rumors about how next season might play out uh, from people on the ground floor. Not confirmed and as, as. As someone who knows how this stuff works, it could change. Mm-hmm. They, so what I heard was about how they're going to handle having two bachelorettes is that there is going to be a concerted effort for the women not to compete with themselves. Great. So my understanding is... No two-on-one with the women. <laughs> well, that's def- there's definitely going to I ha- would hate that. There's As a be viewer, s- I would check out. There's going to be something. I don't know. And I, I do hope... There is drama. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I, I hope you have a couple, like, fuckboys who's trying to date them both or mm-hmm. whatever. And as a f- as someone who wants to see drama, do I hope there's at least one guy that both of the women are, like, interested, interested in. in, at least early on? Sure. But my understanding is that no one's going to go home night one. Okay. Like, night one is just going to be a big kind of cocktail party and meet and greet. You'll see you'll see the guys get out of the limo and you'll have the two bachelorettes standing there and it's yeah. just to like meet them both. And then the first day of dating will be like one big large group date again and I it's at some point early on my understanding is that like the women will present the guys will present the guys they want to date roses. Yeah. And once the guy accepts a rose from one of the bach- first bachelorette, it's like that will be we have two color roses. <laughs> you'll have you'll have you'll have Rachel's guys yeah. and you'll have Gabby's guys and they'll have their like own they'll each have their own season within a season. Okay. Now, that's what I heard. It could change. The questions I have about that is like are we going to get more episodes? Like they could do the the Monday Tuesdays if ABC allows it. It might be too much. I've yeah. heard a lot of people mention like Joe Millionaire. I didn't watch Joe Millionaire. I I thought that they did it great of you didn't get to see as much um of the relationships develop, uh, but I know that one of the guys is still with his his final choice. But wasn't that show about part of it being like the who's the millionaire and who's the average yeah, Joe? Yeah, which I feel like was a, a backstory line in all of it of will these girls still want to be with the guy once they realize that he has no money, which ended up, I mean, she didn't leave because he had no money, but the one that had no money is the one that didn't work out with the relationship. Gotcha. Um, but I will say it'll be interesting to see, do they keep them, um, both Rachel and Gabby, together through the season so that they can compare notes a la Joe Millionaire and and they become best friends on the show? Or is it at a certain point in the season they separate and you know there's still men who are going on dates with both of them so they don't know... I don't think it's going to be the latter. I think okay. what even, I heard even was— Even going into, like, fantasy suites and meeting the parents and stuff like that. Well, that's the thing. Are they going to have eight hometowns? Are they going to have six fantasy suites? Yeah. That's such a big part of, obviously, the show, and that's those are big— That's where some of this, you know, big drama and some of these, like, you know, when they air the season now— you know, it's it, the play. It's always been drama early on, just a mess, and who's ever the messiest and the sloppiest and a lot of early on gets a lot of screen time, mm-hmm. right? And then those people tend to fall off, and there's like this kind of the the fan favorites early on. You might see a first impression rose recipient. You might see someone get a one on one date, and it's just like okay, this is someone to watch out for. And then they kind of go away for a few episodes because well, there's drama going on. Yeah, and they bring them back towards the middle 
uh, end of the show because that's when there's only you know four contestants left, and it's all the show is going to be about them. And then we really get to learn about you know these guys or these women. But now with that much more, I'm really curious how these lo- like the love stories itself are really going to like how much time are we going to get to see to enjoy them? I suspect you're going to have. You know, like Gabby and Rachel will have their top four if this is how it plays out. And the person who's a top four usually is almost going to be guaranteed some sort of like notoriety, a bit of a following. You know, whether you're liked or disliked, you'll be talked about. Mm -hmm. But now, now you're top eight, top seven. And you could see someone who makes Gabby and or Rachel's final four and gets virtually no airtime. Like, that wouldn't shock me at all. I feel like there's got to be, even in the final four, some sort of overlap. Like, Mm. I would say when it gets down to final two, probably not. But final four, I feel like we'll still see some sort of overlap with the women at least having one person in common. But it's interesting because I think they're such different people, which is Mm -hmm. hopefully part of the intention or part of the reason that they think they can pull this off. But have you not dated two people that are completely different? Yeah. (laughs) I think, yes, I agree. I agree. Like, oh, they bring a lot to the table. They both have the core qualities that men are looking for. Yeah, I I think I agree with Kathy. I think we are relying too much on the fact that they're completely different, assuming that, like, no one guy could like them both. I they're mean, both yeah, they attractive both women. Clayton, to be they fair. Both date, yeah. They're attractive. They, in their own right, seem smart. like nice and smart and funny or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And so, especially early on, especially on The Bachelor, where so much of, of these connections going to be like kind of instant chemistry, physical connections, and things like that, is it that hard to believe that uh, a guy is going to be into both of them? And I think it'll be really interesting because. Whether they, the, even if the show actively tries not to pit these women against each other, like if, if they go in thinking we can't, we can't, we can't, like that will be a bad look for us. K- Kathy, you've met plenty of the guys who mm-hmm. go get casted for the show. Yes. And there's some real good looking guys and there's some really nice guys, but there are a plethora. There are also of the guys that, guys you that have never... a new girl every other week. Yes. <laughs> and they're not that charming. And if they are good looking, they're kind of weird. And they're, you know, I was going to say there, there are a lot that are over the top charming and that's, it's a variety, you know, but they're, the, that point is the, the standouts are still the standouts. Yes. And it wouldn't shock me in, that there's one or two guys in this group of 30 that, easily they both like. Mm-hmm. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like is it that hard to think that there's two guys on night 1 that they're both like this is my top guy or my top 2? I would say, I mean similar to Joe Millionaire, uh going into I think the final 3 for both of them, there was one overlap. And and it didn't end up panning out, but there was one person that they were both interested in, and that person had to pick who they wanted to continue to date. Yeah, so I think it could get tricky that way, just because I couldn't imagine, again, if when my night one, I, there was, I met a lot of nice women, and I had like four, I was like, there's, there's no chance, like there's only four that I think have a shot, and there was yeah. really only one, and, and we're, talking, we're talking about engagement, we're, talk, we're not talking about, do you like these people, are they nice? Isn't that Do what casting does anyways, if they pick five normal human beings and then a bunch of people? <laughs> I, I think what casting does is uh, they're casting for a show yeah. more than they're casting for the person. Uh, and I think too much so that they rely on the fact that like it just takes one. Yeah. The, the show is a pressure cooker enough and that the environment will elicit feelings. Mm-hmm. And they're going to like, we know they're going to like someone. I mean, dating, I don't necessarily believe in the one. I think that it is a numbers game. And I've heard recently, um, I forget which dating expert that I was listening to on some podcast said, um, once you've dated 30 people, you should have found someone that would be eligible to be your future partner. And and that's kind of what the show is. <laughs> it gives you 30 people, and like, oh, which no. is just wild. Yeah, uh, no, I'm way I, above that. <laughs> I mean, listen, I get the premise, but it's also a little... I think, I think in more traditional dating, yes, because traditional dating is you're you, choosing. 
you, for you, the most part. Yeah, you're you're 21 and you graduated college and you're just like in your community of people, you're like pick someone. Yeah. Essentially. But now with the fact that we have decided to have higher standards and expectations and boundaries and we can search the world that like and rightfully so we're being a little bit more particular but we you do have to at some point pick because that's the uh, I don't know if it's it's we're being more particular I think it's the paradox of choice is when you're given more options it takes you longer to choose sure but I, I I think you just eventually we all are stuck with having to choose and to the, the whoever you talk to makes that point where there, there truly isn't a perfect person and when you have so many options when you have that paradox of choice yeah you can become paralyzed by like, I don't know, what do you mean I'm supposed to pick some, like my person? You 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 will eventually have to like... Be okay with your choice. But that's, I always equate it to an ice cream shop of like back in the day, if you lived in Iowa, you'd have the, the mom and pop ice cream shop. You would get the vanilla and the chocolate as your choice. You knew going in which one you wanted and you were happy with your decision. Now we have Baskin Robin. 6,000 flavors, (laughs) and you go in and you're like, do I want mint chocolate chip? Do I want Rocky Road? You take a lot longer to decide, and then a lot of the time, I mean, maybe you get two different flavors, and you tr- you test out all of them before you go, and then you you have your choice, and you're like, oh, well, I wish I had chosen something else. Yeah. It's, yeah, because I do think that's such a relevant thing within dating now of, like, how nitpicky should you be? Because I think it can be very easy to take a very perfectionistic approach, especially in the early time of, like, when you want to vet someone— where that discernment comes in of like, is this actually something where I should say, nope, I'm going to walk away and see if I can find a better fit? Or is this something where like in relationships, you have to work through things. Like nobody's 100% compatible in everything. And I think the the format of the show very much encourages the perfectionistic one because the whole idea is like, you have so many good options here. So if someone, if someone, the second someone does something bad, like they go home. Yeah. I am curious how this is going to play out. I know, like, I don't think it's going to be, like, just like Joe Millionaire. I'm sure there will be some similarities. And I just have a feeling, not because the show's going to want to pit them against each other, but what happens when they're both into, like, the same two guys and I mean, I think it is pick. the most interesting season that we've had in a while. <laughs> Maybe not the most dramatic, but... I'm curious, for sure. I wonder if... I'm really curious if it will bring some people back who maybe have fallen off from the show just to, like, give it a couple episodes to see what it's going to be like. It's it's a compelling So do we not idea. have Paradise this year? No, it's definitely going to be... Par- I don't, okay. what, there have been, like... I've heard people say, like, oh, people are worried that Paradise is going to get canceled. I don't know what that's all about. I just assumed that that was filming during the... Su- I always thought that it aired during the summer, and now we're getting no, the Bachelorette usually, in July. They usually... I don't... Yeah, it's a it's a late start for the Bachelorette. I think usually they have started in June, like, mm-hmm. late... Like, they would film the Bachelorette... They're, they're filming a couple weeks later than they historically did. Yeah. But, like, with a COVID world, I don't know how much they're on the... Uh, same like timeline and then they typically would air the bachelorette i think like late may early june yeah so it is starting a month late yeah july 11th yeah so my guess is bachelor in paradise will start right afterwards they will film them probably back to back or maybe even simultaneously like with with them doing katie's and michelle's season back to back you had a lot of they kind of split it up producers yeah. and and there was some overlap but a lot of them just said okay this team's handling uh Michelle season this team is handling paradise like paradise is definitely happening okay. it's just probably going to be uh, towards the end of September rather than the beginning of September is my guess because the bachelorette would also the bachelorette would typically like on my when I was on it it would it would the finale would be at the end of July Right around when when uh, Lollapalooza, it was it would be the finale would be the weekend of Lollapalooza. <laughs> so, and that's like end of July, early August. So I think. It was, Why do you remember that? Was that just all the castmates go to Lollapalooza? No, it was like, like when they're like fresh meat in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> like you measure time by Lollapalooza. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it is. A oh no, sip, I grew up like, there. I, well, yeah, yeah and I so and it was my I had I was living in Chicago and it was like and I was. Kind of, it was kind of stupid because I was kind of like just naive. I was like, "Oh, like let's go to La Palooza right after the show," and it was, it was intense. It was wild, but it was, it was intense to like be off the finale and show up at, at a festival. It was, yeah, it was a, it was a wild thing. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It was, like a, it got a little scary. Well, I remember going to like the the staple bars and clubs in Chicago, like the underground, and yeah. seeing like the new like people that were just kicked off of the Bachelor the underground. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, tune in next week. I, we're gonna have some alumni uh, from previous seasons on on these Tuesdays episodes. So, what else do we have to remind people of anything? That you have a book coming out. Yeah, go pre-order my book. I really appreciate it. Chris Olson tomorrow, so be sure to tune into that. All your latest pop culture, Kanye, Pete Davidson, Kim Kardashian drama, our mediation call. Netflix password. Oh, net- oh yeah. You're no longer able to share your password on Netflix. Some love your- is blind updates. Some love is blind. Shake's girlfriend reveal. Oh, oh wow. And hopefully Shane from Love is Blind next week's Going Deeper. Kathy, <laughs> thank you so much, as always, for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's come, always fun. Come back for a recap of The Bachelorette. Yes. Don't forget to uh, send your questions at asknickacastme.com, cast with a K, for our Ask Nick episodes and intermediation calls. Go ahead. Pre-order my book. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I think I, it, it'll, it'll be a good read. I think it'll be helpful. I, don't, I think it'll be entertaining. Or you can make fun of me. It's up to you. You know, just buy the book. Uh, bye. Ha, ha, ha.